0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. It's your host, C.W. Hall. Thank you for listening to Midtown Business Radio today. Pleased to introduce you all to uh, a couple of folks who are very likely able to help you or somebody that you know move their business forward. So we'll get right down to it with a quick introduction. I've got Stephanie Richards of PR. Thanks for coming out today.
2: Good afternoon. Thank you for having me.
1: And uh, we were introduced recently to Michael Remy of Digital, I'm sorry, Dimensional Solutions Managed IT. So thanks for coming, Mike.
0: Glad, glad to be here.
1: And so, you know, we'll start with you, Stephanie. Your, your firm is one that's a public relations firm. Um, and from what I understand, you started the, the company not too awful long ago. And uh, tell me about, you know, how you got your start and, and we'll get down into what exactly you do for the companies you serve.
2: Sure. Well, my company is Sogro Public Relations, and we started in 2006, and we specialize in working with business-to-business companies, especially the ones that are on the line of being undiscovered and, and not quite out in the media yet, and we help them to get national media exposure.
1: You know, it's funny. I, I, I happened across you by doing a, a, a Google search, because as it happens, uh, you know, the the groups that we serve in the, in the community are in the same space. Um, companies that are business to business in nature and they're trying to get the word out about what they do and, and and being somebody that works with media you've seen I'm sure just through your own day-to-day work that it's not necessarily easy to get somebody's information out there without having to pay for advertisement to you know to tell their story so to be able to do what you do and that is help for that editorial content that's kind of news related, not so much advertisement related out there is is something that's very useful. So I'm very happy to be here to to talk with you to help introduce you to companies that uh, that might need this. So public relations isn't advertising. It's not, you know, it's it, it can tie into it a little bit, but it's not it's not quite the same. So kinda differentiate that too for the listener I was trying to figure out PR versus advertising or marketing, what what's the difference?
2: Sure, absolutely. Well public relations is really reaching out to your target markets proactively and really responding to them and engaging with them on a regular basis. Whereas advertising is a little bit more of a one way communication. And another major difference is that advertising tends to be paid placement. So you pay to have something in a magazine or you pay to have it online, whereas with public relations, you're actually part of the content. You're not paying a media outlet to be featured, you're actually being accepted based on the merit of the content. So there's a lot of difference in terms of credibility with advertising people know that you control the message completely they know that you've paid for it whereas with public relations there's really that third party credibility because there's been an editor or a journalist or someone from the media who has vetted the content and really put their stamp of approval on it saying that it's worth publishing
1: coming from a a business or you know the my you know day job when i'm not on the microphone i'm with a physicians group in the atlanta community and And we serve a group of people that, you know, don't really know that we're here and that we can help them. So part of my role has been, you know, trying to engage various media outlets to say, hey, there's a group of people here that are in the community that you could really help if you share this information with them. And I've gotten nowhere. So I'm very thrilled to have someone here with your skills to kind of maybe illuminate. How does that work? Why? Why are you you know, how are you able to help me do that?
2: The secret is really putting information out there that is useful and educational. And a lot of people go into public relations and they think, what is the message that we want to put out there? And it ends up being very salesy and very Mm self-serving. But really the key to getting media coverage is figuring out what can your target market use? What is useful to them? And how can you provide a resource or fill a need that they have? And then by doing that, you can create content that answers those needs and that content, because it's educational, is more appealing to the media. And so the media will pick it up sooner than something that's more salesy.
1: I would presume that, you know, given the way things work within the media world, that having specialists such as yourselves that engage, you know, kind of their outward-facing person that, you know, deals with media inquiries of different types, that that that's another value add. In addition to knowing what they're looking for just from a content perspective or delivery, but they expect to engage with somebody With your background, with your role, and that is public relations, so that's somebody that's probably going to get a phone call answered where Charles Hall, C.W. Hall, physician liaison calling with this, I've got a great story for you, they probably get 10,000 calls like that in a week versus a professional such as yourself, that's what you do, and so therefore, when you call a given media outlet, I'm sure they're probably more likely to pick up the call and actually engage with you.
2: Sure, and you try to develop relationships with the media, and once they've worked with you, they know that you can be a good source for content, so they often come back to you, and, and that relationship really helps. And then if you have other stories from other clients, you can also send them that information as well. And getting in that inbox and, and not showing up in the junk folder is definitely a huge step in the right direction. So once you get there, you're you're definitely in a good direction.
1: So business to business, how did, how did you kind of land into that space? into that space. That's one of the things that really made me want to talk to you is because it is a group that I believe needs help. Um, You know, there's so many barriers put up to being, you know, able to talk to the person that you need to talk to. I'm sure everybody here would probably agree with that. So how did you land on that space as the place that you felt like you were going to dedicate your expertise?
2: I've done consumer PR as well as business-to-business public relations in the past and I really enjoy working with technical companies that think they would never get media coverage otherwise. Usually it tends to be the boring companies, the companies that are just not very flashy, and being able to get the media coverage, there's a lot of satisfaction there, because it's a very, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. So, I like to work with those companies, and they seem to appreciate it more, because they think we would never get in the media. And then all of a sudden they're on the front page of a trade publication or on the national news or whatever it might be. And so there's a lot of satisfaction with working with those types of companies.
1: Well, you know, and I, in looking at your website, you know, obviously you, you mentioned some of the feedback that you've gotten from clients over time and they're obviously thrilled. They've, you know, certainly uh, company after company have raved about your services. So I can only imagine how it moves a business forward once they get, objective media exposure it's a story about a topic it's not an advertisement which we can all tell as an you know just like you mentioned you can tell as a as a viewer or a listener the difference between editorial content and paid advertisement so I can imagine that that would be pretty satisfying and and just for the for the company that invested in your services it's got to be you know money very well spent
2: like, and it certainly can help companies to raise their exposure, and a lot of times it feeds on itself. So once you get something covered, a lot of times other publications will see your company as more newsworthy, and then other people may contact you for interviews and stories mm-hmm. and that sort of thing as well. You
1: can get some momentum. And exactly. I guess at that point, um, if they are investing dollars in terms of paid-type content, then all of a sudden now that has real value, because somebody's already heard about it from a trustworthy media source just as a topic of discussion. So now when you're saying, well, when you're thinking about this, here's why you want to go with me. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, are you know, when it comes to trying to decide pub- about a public relations approach, who do I go with? What kind of pitfalls are there? What what kind of mistakes might I make as I'm trying to decide what to do about our public relations?
2: There are really some foundational pieces that you need to have in place. And you really need to have a good website because you don't want to send a link to your website if it looks terrible because you get one shot in getting in front of the media a lot of times. So if you blow it with a website that doesn't look credible, you're going to often lose your opportunity at the very beginning. Another thing is you really need to have a strong key message. You need to make sure that you know who your company is and what messages you want to communicate. Because if you don't do that, you're not really going to have strong stories that are going to get picked up by the media and then you're also going to be having a lot of conflicting messages out there, so people are not really going to get to understand who your company is. So you really need to have a strong key message that's repeated over and over in whatever your content is, to make sure that you really build your brand over time.
1: So I would assume that over time you've kind of developed kind of a, at least a set of approaches that you're using to engage the you know media outlets, and you know, trying to you know forge a relationship between you know this company and a media outlet. Tell me about how you kind of foster that relationship so that it, you know, is mutually beneficial, both to the, from a content perspective for the media outlet that's putting it out there to, you know, the, the end user, your client.
2: One of my approaches has been to offer exclusives. A lot of PR firms will put content out for multiple publications to access, but I've really been intentional about giving specific stories to specific outlets and then not giving that story to other publications. So a lot of times that information that's given more prominence in the publication when it's published and the editors and reporters like that information because they're the first ones to have it and the only ones to have it and then you can take the story and you can change it and, and add different elements to it so you're still getting the same message out but you're not giving that exact same story to each publication because that can kind of ruin your relationship with the media outlets.
1: You know using using our own practice as an example uh, you know we're a physicians group and so you know we we take care of patients you know every day, and some of our some of our success stories are certainly inspiring and motivational, and I think you know interesting. But I mean, you know when it comes to thinking about the general population, they may or may not think the news that comes out of my practice is all that interesting. So how, how do you work with me to make me newsworthy?
2: You really have to find out what's going to matter to your target market. And you really want information that they can take that's actionable or something that they can learn that will improve their life. So it's not, the story is not our company's great, our business is great. The story is really educational information that you can put out there that someone can use. So you give them something that is actionable, something that they can take away and not just learn about a company, but something that they can maybe apply.
1: So then that's when you would come back following such content with your paid advertisement saying, Hey, if you ever need something to do with this topic, here's the reason why this particular entity, us, is the best one to go to. Is that would sure? That and be fair?
2: Advertising and public relations work together because public relations can be a little bit more unpredictable than advertising. You don't necessarily know when something is going to run, where it's going to run, when it, or you know, the editor changes the content. With advertising, you control the message more, and you control exactly when it runs. So you really need both because PR has the credibility and you can get out there in front of audiences you've never reached before and really have a lot of credibility. But advertising is more consistent, so you follow up with a lot more frequent exposure. So you really need both to be able to get in front of your audience on a multiple basis.
1: So, you know, how do you how do you get my to me maybe or maybe not interesting story into the news media? I mean, how do how do you make that happen?
2: A lot of times, you start with looking internally. What's already in the company? Most companies have stories; they probably just don't realize it. They
1: just don't. They just f- assume that it's not an interesting story to tell, but it really could be.
2: Absolutely, okay. and and it may be also that you need to also um, look outside and see what your customers think and what's ma- what matters to them, because their story, your story, may also be there as well. One thing that I've recommended for companies is to do what I call story giving instead of storytelling. So instead of telling your company's story find customers within your company that relate to your company and figure out what their story is and and what their story has been interacting with your company and figure out a way to put that information out there instead of it just coming from your company.
1: Like a testimonial type perspective.
2: Almost, but a little bit different because a testimonial is just kind of, hey, this is just a normal, um, you know, I I endorse this company, but you're really looking more for stories. You're really looking for something that's a little more interesting. For instance, I work with one company called Ask Forensics, and they end up doing forensics analysis on sales opportunities, so whether or not you win or lose a sale. And so the person that is hiring Ask Forensics ends up with this great story where they can say, I saved this $5 million account. And so they can go in the business world and talk about that with their colleagues. And so taking that story can be interesting versus just a company saying, hey, we do all these great things really coming from the customer and talking about their story can be more interesting
1: we've been talking with stephanie richards from Sogro p r and you know i'm sure that there's probably some ways to go about reaching out to the media uh, you know, the more i talk to you the more i feel like it's probably through somebody such as yourself um... but beyond that i mean are there some best ways to go about trying to you know rise above the th- hundreds or thousands of people that are contacting a given Uh, media outlet on a on a weekly basis I'm sure that I I, I can't even imagine how many times they get emails or phone calls with I've got a great story for you
2: absolutely and a lot of reporters and journalists and editors and producers want to be contacted by email now so that subject line is really key if you can put something intriguing that makes someone want to click on it you at least are one step on your way you also have to make sure that the information is very educational and not self-serving And so you have to really find out what are those useful stories and think not just how it benefits your company, but really think how does this benefit the readers or the viewers of this media outlet and build it around that. Because if it comes across the salesy, it's going to go in the the trash as as soon as possible. So
1: in that kind of a communication, would it it be a more is less kind of situation where you're, you know, you're just trying to get to the point of having a conversation or are you going to kind of illuminate, You know, in in the content of what you're, you know, is this the only time that you're going to, what kind of swing do you take at it right there?
2: It needs to be short and sweet. They often get thousands of emails uh, daily. And so you have to get your point across within the first few sentences. And you need to be very, very impactful very early on. Otherwise, they're going to get past the first couple sentences if it's not interesting. You're not going to read any further.
1: You've helped illuminate why I have failed miserably in this capacity because <laughs> uh, verbosity, as I've talked about pre-show, uh, is uh, certainly a problem of mine that I'm working on. So uh, I'm sure that uh, they saw the extent of my email and said, next. <laughs> so is 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 public relations, is it still going strong? Is it changing out? Is it, f- you know, fading in a different direction with the changes in media? I mean, we've got new media. We've got traditional media. Where does public relations fall on the continuum of it you know of its arc is it still going strong is it you know fading into a different role how's it how's it playing out
2: a lot of people thought that pr was going to disappear with the print media but it's actually become stronger because there are more avenues for people to get media coverage now because there are so many publications online and it's really growing and it's also moving into the area of content marketing the lines are really being blurred where companies are really producing a lot of their own content now whether Mm -hmm. that's a blog or a white paper Mm -hmm and they need people like public relations professionals to manage their messaging and also produce that content and then get it in the right places so that their target audiences will see that information.
1: So how is it, you know, the, the PR space evolving with all of these changes, what, you know, what, where is it going?
2: It's becoming a lot more developing and writing content that's not necessarily just for media outlets so it could be a lot more managing blogs it could be doing things like even getting into video production and helping companies to produce videos and write scripts for things it's also moved into the realm of social media that has been a huge difference in the last few years just having social media as part of a strategy has really opened up a lot of doors for companies
1: well when when you're you know when when someone is working with sogro pr obviously the focus is pr so does that mean then that you are engaging with uh, a marketing specialist if they happen to have someone who's dealing with the paid media side of of a business? Are you interacting with them or is there, you know, a component within Sogro PR that kind of can, if someone needs help on that side of things, or do you stay on the public relations side and then just engage with a marketing specialist that may be outside of Sogro?
2: I don't do any paid advertising because that's very different than, than public relations but I do work within the marketing department or with the marketing professionals because it's so critical that everybody's on board with marketing. Everybody needs to have the same key message. Everybody needs to have the same branding. So you really have to coordinate efforts with anybody who's doing marketing within your company.
1: Well, it sounds like as it relates to marketing versus public relations that it's really more of a complementary function rather than overlapping or even competing. It's, you know, that that with good public relations based on what I'm hearing here, that if I am going to invest dollars in paid content, that having a good public relations approach or piece of that in terms of planning and its execution, that I could actually then now extract real value from dollars I'm going to spend on you know, paid content.
2: Absolutely, and there are other elements as well because you also need search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. And you also need content marketing because the company that has the best content and the most content usually wins these days as people are searching online more. And the piece that people sometimes forget as well is you need sales. Because you can have a lot of content out there, but it's really the sales team that closes those deals and walks people all the way through the process. So you really need all those elements to work together to have a really successful marketing campaign. So
1: I can't just fire the sales team and hire you?
2: You need a sales team. (laughs) Sales team is absolutely (laughs) critical.
1: We've been talking with Stephanie Richards of SoGrow PR, and before we, you know, jump over and, and uh, chat with uh, our other guest, you know, do you have a parting thought or two that you really feel like would be important for a listener out there? If they're, you know, uh, an executive with one of the companies that serves the business community as their client, and you know, do you have a couple of parting thoughts or or two that uh, you really want to leave them with before we go?
2: Absolutely, my strategy for my clients is to really figure out how they can provide a resource or fill a need for their target market. And if you can do that rather than having a self-serving message, you are going to get media coverage, you are going to get those relationships with your customers, and then the sales will ultimately follow. So it's really, really critical to be educational and informational with public relations and not salesy. And the second component is you really need to have a strong key message. If you don't have a strong key message, your PR efforts are going to be diluted and they're not going to be as effective.
1: Well, thank you very much. I mean, obviously, you, you've got a, a, a busy uh, company to run, and and um, you know, doing what you do, I'm sure, is taking some time. So making time to be here and share your information with our community uh, is, is very useful and helpful, and I'm certain there's somebody out there that's uh, hearing. I know for me personally, I'm saying, hey, we got to talk after this. Um, so very very pleased to have had you come out and and share some information with you and before we go today i'll i'll come back to you and we'll talk about how folks can engage with you online and and by telephone and and that brings me to my next guest michael remy you go by mike oh mike's fine and your your you're managed it services yes correct so tell me about that what exactly is a managed it services company because i mean you know it could be a lot of things.
0: It could be a lot of things, and a lot of people. That's kind of the the uh, a misunderstanding as to what we do. So basically, we provide IT support or outsource IT support to medium, uh, small to medium sized businesses. Basically, if your uh, staff or a company have thirty employees, or fifty employees, or one hundred employees, we'll come in and look at uh, your current support options which you have. If you have one guy, or if you have a staff, and then say, well, these are things that are compared to industry standards and are, are you underperforming or overperforming in those areas and are you actually getting value add from your, you know, either bringing in on staff or outsourcing it to a company like myself. So what we do is basically provide you guys help desk, uh, ongoing support, as well as consulting support.
1: Now, I'm sure that, um, you know, in that space where you're talking about some small to medium-sized companies that don't have a massive workforce, uh, uh, that they still have a fairly – you know, heavy, you know, volume of hardware that they're using in their in their business, as well as having some measure of, of data that they have to try to manage in some form or fashion, probably some sort of, uh, you know, contact management software or something like that that they're operating from. So does does engaging with dimensional solutions, does that kind of take over? all of that, if need be, or parts of it, how how do they determine kind of, you know, from what I understand in talking to you before we uh, came together on the show, that there's kind of a suite of choices that you have that would kind of let somebody select, I need help here, I don't need so much help here, and I'm sure at some point, uh, given a certain size uh, of business, that it probably makes sense to have someone such as yourself just be that guy, rather than, have a fixed cost as part of their business where they're paying somebody to come to work every day because it may not be an everyday need is that is that accurate yeah
0: that's correct and and basically if uh you're having problems all the time then obviously you don't have the right support in place correct because you want to be able to run your business as smooth as possible and you want to run your business you don't want to be stuck in the weeds of trying to provide support and what happens is as a business owner you, you hand that off to your operations guy your office manager and say please take care of this let me run the business and then what happens is that operations person has other things to be doing, but they get stuck in the technical aspect because they don't do this every day. Whereas if you bring an organization like ours that we do this every day and we can fix it in 10 minutes, as opposed to the operation guy, you know, takes an hour two hours or several hours to basically fix a problem that can be fixed very very quickly. So what we do is we look at your operation and we say, okay, we need to take this off of your plate so you can run your business and and be successful. Because if we're successful, you're successful. So what we do is we come in and say, okay, if you need two guys or three guys or if you wanted us there once a week or twice a week or however often we feel you need support, we'll come in and custom tailor a support plan for you. And depending on how complex or how many users or how many laptops or devices, if you're a mobile workforce, if you have a brick and mortar, then we'll customize our support plan to meet your workforce. And now with you know everybody going into the cloud and being very mobile, some people, you know, work out of a coffee shop and they never see a brick and mortar, and they never see their office. So it's a very challenging support. Uh, 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 support operations for somebody either outside or or inside. So we have all our tools and support processes that will support users anywhere.
1: So when we talk about the cloud, help me understand, you know, just from somebody that's not an IT guy, Mm -hmm. what exactly is the cloud? How does it help me if I've got a business, you know, you know, my limited understanding is, is part of my data, or even maybe a majority, if not all of it is residing somewhere outside of this machine that I'm working on right here. Is that correct? Is that correct? And, and I would presume that one of the benefits of that is if my machine crashes, well, my data is still safe. My Mm -hmm. business is not gone with
0: the computer. um, Is, am I on the right track? That's, that's one of the aspects. So basically what you have to look at is the ROI. So is it, more cost effective to actually have all of your data all of your operations in the cloud and not on site for obvious reasons you know like, like business continuity disaster recovery or do you want to go out and lop out a bunch of money for buying hardware that you amortize over 3 years so you weigh those costs between the two is it better in the cloud or on site and each business is different you could have two businesses doing the same thing but their processes internally are way different So what's more cost effective Mm -hmm. and support basically it's a little different, but for the most part, it's the same because whether your service, your server and your services are in the cloud or on site, they're still using the same technology. They still have servers. They still have security concerns. They still have users, permissions. All those are still the same. It's just they reside in a different place and supporting structure is a little different.
1: So as a managed service provider, I would assume that when they first talk to you, that you're going to kind of sit down with them and try to figure out, this is how you're structured right now. These are the recommendations based on what we're seeing from a hardware perspective in terms of, you know, necessary software or hardware updates, perhaps, or servers that they have or versus using servers in their office of some kind that are going to house data or, or the cloud or some combination. So you're actually going to be able to go down through all of those things with them and kind of form a plan that will help them get to that goal of greater efficiency, less cost, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, so basically what we do is to start off a relationship is typically we'll meet with the business owner and say, okay, what are your goals and objectives on a business perspective? And then we make sure that the technology matches that business plan on a one-year, three-year, five-year, ten-year plan. And then we'll come in and we'll do a free audit and assessment. So basically we'll look in and we'll basically audit the network over a period of a week or two weeks, however long it takes us to get a really good understanding, a snapshot of your day-to-day operations and your infrastructure. We'll take that back and we'll look at it and we'll compare that to industry standards and we'll come back to you with, a, with an action item or an action plan saying these are priorities. You know, you have a security issue, you have older hardware, uh, you have users that are not supported, users that feel, you know, they're having day-to-day operations that are affecting daily operations and their pro- productivity. And we'll say this is the way to attack each one of these uh, inefficiencies and, and to, and to uh, maximize it and this is how we can do it and you will match that against our suite of services that we provide to you and say, okay, this is what we're recommending and this is what we're rec- recommending in the services that we provide to you and we can mix and match however you see fit and also what's financially economical for you as a business owner because it's different for everybody. So where I really don't have one rate sheet that applies to everybody. We basically say, this is your menu. How do you want to be supported? What's the best way for you to, to have smooth operations? And this is what we recommend.
1: So. And I would presume that that's one of the values of linking up with an outside managed service provider such as yourself because you're able to give them you know, maybe a little bit less in terms of fixed cost mm. as, as part of their business. I mean, that's one of the things is reduce your fixed cost, turn them into variable costs, and I, I'm calling you when I need you or I'm only having you do the things that I need as it relates to my business. I think it's pretty interesting that you're willing to give – that measure of involvement up front without a a fee just to come in get you know to know your client and you're not charging them for that interaction if i heard you correctly that you actually will, you know when someone does you know invest in the initial sit-down conversation with you that you're willing to provide some team members who are going to come in and really spend some time getting to know them not saying okay well once you pay me then we'll tell you what we recommend that's that's pretty significant I would imagine having that conversation can be difficult sometimes, because there's IT companies all over the place in terms of, uh, you know, on on the radio, you know, and, and on advertisements and stuff. So how do you set yourself apart? Because obviously, based on what you're saying, relationship is a very big part of what you're doing here. Um, you know, you're obviously going to be kind of at a at the fulcrum in in some businesses uh, with where their transactions occur, where their information is housed. So how do you how do you you know, make it clear that we're the we're the folks you need to have doing this for you.
0: Well, that's the biggest fear, right? Is that you hire an IT guy and he never shows up, right? You call him and you got a problem and he never shows up or he never answers the phone. So uh, we're very confident in our knowledge. We're very confident in our capabilities and the process. And I th- we think that's part of our differentiation as well as our relationship. As you can see, we approach it from a partnership as opposed to we are there for break and fix and we are very proactive as opposed to reactive. So all of our services and procedures are constantly monitoring your systems and sending my team alerts. And then we're reaching out to the client if need be, in case your internet's down, if your server's down or email servers, whatever is primary to your operations, we are monitoring. And we can either be on it, fixing it already. I prefer to call the client and say, listen, we have a, you have a problem. We're already addressing it. We have to hope to have a fix in this time frame. As opposed to the client calling me and say, "Hey, I've got a problem. What's going on, right? Yeah. So uh, the other area is where we do... Uh, um, um, it's more of an advantage of outsourcing is on average we can save anywhere from ten to twenty thousand dollars per employee outsourcing as opposed to internally because there you're paying the human resource cost all the uh labor costs that you're doing for internally as well as if you have one guy or two guy you're getting one or two guys support and the knowledge that they provide to you so let's say he goes out and gets hit by the proverbial bus you're like oh my god what do we do there goes all my security all my passwords are with that one guy and he wasn't very good keeping records so you're kind of sol for a while until somebody comes and gets caught up (laughs) As opposed to outsourcing, it where you have a team of individuals that can have anywhere from 10, 15, 20 years of experience, which are typically six-figure guys, but you're not paying for the six-figure salary. You're giving the guy the same benefit of that you were paying for a guy that's, you know, two or three years of experience.
1: I think that that's an important piece to understand for someone out there who has you know, obviously some measure of information systems and and hardware software in their business. Um, You know, and as I alluded to, sometimes it's a key component of what they're doing, and they can't do their business if this is not working correctly. But I think it's important. I I, I think that many folks would mistakenly believe, if I'm outsourcing this, if I'm paying an outside company this, then I'm probably paying more than I could hire the guy for. And, you know, when you factor in all the things that you talked about that goes along with that salary, um, that true cost actually may be significantly less because you're the guy that's paying the those HR costs for your people, not the business. So you're able to just provide the service itself rather than deal with paying for the benefits, paying for the onboarding and the training and, and all of that.
0: Oh, everything. Yeah, and all of our guys are certified. So we make sure that all our engineers are certificate, certifications on the service side, on the software side, and then in the specialties like firewalls or VoIP systems uh, or any particular application that we see. They need to be certified, uh, and security is another big one of our aspects that they're all certified on. And these are all maintained every year.
1: We're talking with Michael, Remini of, uh, Michael Remy of Dimensional Solutions, uh, IT, uh, managed IT services here in Atlanta. And are, is there a geography that uh, that you serve in the community? Do you, are you citywide? Or are you, do you focus on a given region?
0: Yeah, we're all over Metro Atlanta. Uh, we tend to stay that way because for 89% of the problems we can fix remotely as long as you've got internet access. But there's that one occasion where you have to actually physically touch the box either servers down or uh, hard drives down we have to physically work on the box so we tend to stay in the metropolitan area but as you can see this model is very scalable it can go just about anywhere as long as you have internet access Mm -hmm. so you know
1: how are folks getting engaged with you are you are do you have somebody that's contacting an office and saying hey you know this is what we can help you with i mean how is that process flow for you i need
0: to reach out to stephanie because i think she could (laughs) definitely help me uh what we're talking about and i, I can kind of echo what he said is that it's all about the message right and right now we are so attention deficit disorder that if we don't get your attention in 30 seconds it's so competitive there's so many people out there in the same market segment especially in, in uh, it support that if we don't get that person's uh, attention you know they're going to be off to the next to the next page or the next uh, provider and especially like, if you go into google search you know everybody's able to do research and do their homework before they actually go out and look for a service company or a service provider no matter what industry you're in so if you're not following on those first two pages, you're 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 gone. You're down at the bottom. So you really need to talk to someone like Stephanie. So uh, we have presence in all the social medias. You know, Google Plus. Uh, we have a Twitter account, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, we do have a sales guy, in-house sales guy that basically does some calling, but we have found the most effective way is through relationships and word of mouth. I've I've been at Atlanta for well over twenty years, and this is my second IT company. So uh, it's all about networking and basically going out and having events and, and like this and basically talking to other business owners and saying, "Hey, I, you know, I, I've got a different way you ought to think about this. You know, we can save you money. Let, let's talk."
1: Well, so how do I become a client of? digital solutions? I mean, you know, once I've linked up with your person or you know, such out I mean, what's what's that process? Going the first like?
0: step is basically come in and we do that first audit where I sit down with the business owner and we look at what is mission critical for him. You know, what's what's bothering him right now? What's troubling him? Um, and is it you know, is it saving money? Is it basically taking care to where people don't have problems anymore? They can print, they can get emails, uh, they can work remotely. And then uh, you know, what's long term? What would you like to see? You know, do you want to go into the cloud? Do You want to get rid of all this older hardware? You want to go to a completely mobile force and close your your brick and mortar. So uh, we look at those and then we come back and do the assessment and say, okay, here's your action items, a list of priorities and here's what it would cost.
1: I see. So um, I'm always baffled by how quickly our time flies by here. So you mentioned the fact that you're on the web obviously and in website social media so share with our listeners where they can go to get you know connected with you and kind of begin to form that relationship that we're talking about because it sounds like based on what you're telling me that once you have the conversation once they've actually sat down with you it'll become clear that that's the reason why you know that you're the group you know yes there's many choices but it'll be kind of a self-evident decision that you're the one that they need to link up with
0: that's right. It's all about the relationship. So the best place to start is www.dimensionalsolutions.com, all one word with an S. And then on there, there's a, you can see information about us, about our staff, about our processes, and then some of our rate plans uh, that we have. And then based on there, if you want to look at our uh, in F- Facebook, where we go out and we all it's all about technology, like what's the current technology, what are tw- trends, like wearable technology uh, is very hot segment right now, iWatches, iPhones, the new iPhone 6 is coming out. So we'll basically put that out there for our clients and say, you know, have you taken a look at this? And then also, too, if we see technology that we know a client is interested in, then we'll basically send that out to them say, hey, have you checked this out? Go check out our Facebook page, our web page, and you can see all about the latest and greatest technology.
1: I'll certainly be linking up with, you know, everybody's... Um Uh, you know, social media and websites through my own. But, uh, you know, it sounds like with both of you that, uh, you know, at some point, you know, with what you're doing and the way you're helping your clients, I mean, I I would love to have you come back at some point and maybe bring a delighted client that can talk from that perspective. This is what our situation was. This is what we were engaging with previous to this, whether we had a resource or we didn't. And now here's how our life has changed and been transformed. Angels are singing now because we engage these folks. I mean, if you'd be interested in that at some point, I think that there's value, you know, based on the fact that it sounds like you all serve, you know, similar, similar types of companies, companies that are maybe not having millions of dollars to throw around, so they're having to be wise with what they spend. And so, you know, if that's something that you all would be interested in, I'll throw that out there because your topics have certainly been interesting. So before we go, Stephanie, tell, tell folks where they can link up with you on online.
2: Sure, well, it's So Grow Public Relations, and we sow the right seeds to help businesses grow. So it's S-O-W-G-R-O-W-P-R.com.
1: And of course, obviously, we've already linked up on LinkedIn and, uh, and Twitter and uh, Facebook. And then, of course, for folks, if you haven't done so already, you can go to our show page. You're there listening to us now live, but on social media, we're at Midtown BRX on Twitter and and Facebook. So please link up with us there, like us, because so, we will try to include content from our guests. Even after they've been on the show, we'll you know try to share information that could be valuable to our listeners. And I uh, want to say thank you, everybody, today for making us a part of your afternoon. Thank you very much, Mike and Stephanie, for coming out today, taking time out of your busy schedules to be here with us today. And uh, we'll see you all next week, same time, same place. Thanks a lot.